Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On the, those same top menus, there's at least, I think, two links to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which which link or email, rather, retain, will, will send you both the workbook lesson and the text reading for each day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're starting our reading in Chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing, with Sections 1 through 3, I think it is. Yes, 1 through 3, Introduction. 1 is Introduction, 2 is Fantasy and Distorted Perception, and 3 is The Forgiven World. And... At the top of the hour, we'll pause for our lesson for the day, lesson 187. Almost caught up. Lesson 187, which is, I bless the world because I bless myself. Nice reminder for me here. All right, great. So let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic opening for us this morning? I do, Lemoyne. Really glad you asked. It's from Pierre Pratervand in his book, 365 Blessings heal myself in the world. It goes like this. In the quiet sanctuary of true listening, may I still all inner noise and mind's interminable ramblings until I hear that deep inner silence from which all spiritual joy is born. And may my life become that special space with the geyser of your joy springs forth into eternity. Bless the world because I bless myself. Amen. That was perfect. Thank Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, I loved it too. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Okay, folks, with us in reading this morning, I have Lori, 
Fran, Karen, Donna, Jessica, and Sandra. And with us in listening, I have Judy, Robin Marie, Harrison, and Lana. Are you with Sorry, I know you haven't announced. Um, would you like to read or listen this morning, Lana? Oh, I'm sorry, um, Lemoyne. I'm going to have to listen today, but thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, that's great. Um, that's actually correct by accident. All right. All right, has anyone else joined us this morning who would like to say good morning or or join the reading list? Okay, well, I will get us started then in Chapter 17 with the first paragraph. In Chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing. Introduction. The betrayal of the Son of God lies only in illusion, and all his quote-unquote sins are but his own imagining. His reality is forever sinless. He need not be forgiven, but awakened. In his dreams he has betrayed himself, his brothers, and his God. Yet what is done in dreams has not been really done. It is impossible to convince the dreamer that this is so, for dreams are what they are because of their illusion of reality. Only in waking is the full release from them, for only then does it become perfectly apparent that they had no effect on reality at all and did not change it. Fantasies change reality. That is their purpose. They cannot do so in reality, but they can do so in the mind that would have reality different. And Lori. Uh, chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing, Section 1, Introduction. The betrayal of the Son of God lies only in illusions, and all his so-called sins are but his own imagining. His reality is forever sinless. He need not be forgiven. But awakened. In his dreams he has betrayed himself, his brothers, and his God. Yet what is done in dreams has not really done, not been really done. It is impossible to convince the dreamer that this is so, for dreams are what they are because of their illusion of reality. Only in waking is the full release from them, for only then does it become perfectly apparent that they had no effect on reality at all and did not change it. Fantasies change reality. That is their purpose. They cannot do so in reality, but they can do so in the mind that would have reality different. Two, it is then only your wish to change reality that is fearful because by your wish you think you have accomplished what you wish. This strange position in a sense acknowledges your power yet by distorting it 
and devoting it to quote-unquote evil, it also makes it unreal. You cannot be faithful to two masters who ask of you conflicting things. What you use in fantasy, you deny to truth. Yet what you give to truth to use for you is saved from fantasy. Thank you, Lori. And Bren, would you read two and then on into the next section with the title and three? Yes. Two, it is then only your wish to change reality that is fearful because by your wish you think you have accomplished what you wish. This strange position in a sense of in a sense, acknowledges your power. Yet by distorting it and devoting it to quote-unquote evil, it also makes it unreal. You cannot be faithful to two masters who ask of you conflicting things. What you use in fantasy, you deny to truth. Yet what you give to truth to use for you is safe from fantasy. Section 2, Fantasy and Distorted Perception, Paragraph 3. When you maintain that there must be order of difficulty in miracles, all you mean is that there are some things you would withhold from truth. You believe that truth cannot deal with them only because you would keep them from truth. Very simply, your lack of faith in the power that heals all pain arises from your wish to retain some aspects of reality for fantasy. If you but realize what this must do to your appreciation of the whole, what you reserve unto yourself, you take away from him who would release you. Unless you give it back, it is inevitable that your percept- perceptive on reality be warped and uncorrected. Thank you, Bren and Karen. Chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing, Section 2. Fantasy and Distorted Perception, Paragraph 3. When you maintain that there must be order of difficulty in miracles, all you mean is that there are some things you would withhold from truth. You believe that truth cannot deal with them only because you would keep them from truth. Very simply, Your lack of faith in the power that heals all pain arises from your wish to retain some aspects of reality for fantasy. If you but realized what this must do to your appreciation of the whole, what you reserve unto yourself, you take away from him who would release you. Unless you give it back, it is inevitable that your perspective on reality be warped and uncorrected. Four, as long as you would have it so, so long will the illusion of order of difficulty in miracles remain with you. For you have established this order in reality by giving some of it to one teacher and some to another. And so you learn to deal with part of truth in one way and in another way, the other part. To fragment truth is to destroy it by rendering it meaningless. 
orders of reality is a perspective without understanding, a frame of reference for reality to which it cannot really be compared at all. Thank you, Karen. And Donna? Four. As long as you would have it so, so long will the illusion of order of difficulty and miracles remain with you. For you have established this order in reality by giving some of it to one teacher and some to another. And so you learn to deal with part of truth in one way and in another way the other part. To fragment truth is to destroy it by rendering it meaningless. Orders of reality is a perspective without understanding, a frame of reference for reality to which it cannot really be compared at all. Five, think that you can bring truth to fantasy and learn what truth means from the perspective of illusions. Truth has no meaning in illusion. The frame of reference for its meaning must be itself. When you try to bring truth to illusions, you are trying to make illusions real and keep them by justifying your belief in them. But to give illusions to truth is to enable truth to teach that the illusions are unreal and thus enable you to escape from them. Reserve not one idea aside from truth, or you establish orders of reality which must imprison you. There is no order in reality because everything there is true. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Five. Thank you that you can bring truth to fantasy and learn what truth means from the perspective of illusion. <laughs> truth has no meaning in illusion. The frame of reference for its meaning must be itself. When you try to bring truth to illusions, you are trying to make illusions real and keep them by justifying your belief in them. But to give illusions to truth is to enable truth to teach that the illusions are unreal and thus enable you to escape from them. Reserve not one idea aside from truth, or you establish orders of reality which must imprison you. There is no order in reality because everything there is true. Six, be willing then to give all you have held outside the truth to him who knows the truth and in whom all is brought to truth. Salvation from separation will be complete or will be not at all. Be not concerned with anything except your willingness to have this be accomplished. He will accomplish it, not you. But forget not this. When you become disturbed and lose your peace of mind because another is attempting to solve his problems through fantasy, 
you are refusing to forgive yourself for just this same attempt. And you are holding both of you away from truth and from salvation. As you forgive him, you restore to truth what was denied by both of you. And you will see forgiveness where you have given it. Thank you, Jessica. And Sandra, would you read six and then section title and on into the next section? Sure. Six. Be willing then to give all you have held outside the truth to him who knows the truth and in whom all is brought to truth. Salvation from separation will be complete or it will not at all. Be not concerned with anything except your willingness to have this be accomplished. He will accomplish it, not you. But forget not this. When you become disturbed and lose your peace of mind, because another is attempting to solve his problems through fantasy, you are refusing to forgive yourself for just this same attempt. And you are holding both of you away from truth and from salvation. As you forgive him, you restore to truth what was denied by both of you. And you will see forgiveness where you have given it. Chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing. Part 3, The Forgiven World. 7. Can you imagine how beautiful those you forgive will look to you? In no fantasy have you ever seen anything so lovely. Nothing you see here, sleeping or waking, comes near to such loveliness. And nothing will you value like unto unto this, nor hold so dear. Nothing that you remember that made your heart seem to sing with joy has ever brought you even a little part of the happiness this sight will bring you. For you will see the Son of God. You will behold the beauty which the Holy Spirit loves to look upon in which he thinks the Father, in which he thanks the Father for. He was created to see this for you until you learn to see it for yourself. And all his teachings, and all his teaching lead to seeing it and giving thanks with him. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for paragraphs 7 and 8? Is there a new reader for section 3, Forgiven World, 7 and 8?
Okay, well, um, back to you, Lori. Section 3, The Forgiven World. Can you imagine how beautiful those you forgive will look to you? In no fantasy have you ever seen anything so lovely. Nothing you see here, sleeping or waking, comes near to such loveliness, and nothing will you value like unto this, nor hold so dear. Nothing that you remember that made your heart seem to sing with joy has ever brought you even a little part of the happiness this sight will bring you. For you will see the Son of God. You will behold the beauty which the Holy Spirit loves to look upon and which he thanks the Father for. He was created to see this for you until you learn to see it for yourself. And all his teaching leads to seeing it and giving thanks with him. 8. This loveliness is not a fantasy. It is the real world, bright and clean and new, with everything sparkling under the open sun. Nothing is hidden here, for everything has been forgiven and there are no fantasies to hide the truth. The bridge between that world and this is so little and so easy to cross that you could not believe it is the meeting place of worlds so different. Yet, this little bridge is the strongest thing that touches on this world at all. This little step, so small it has escaped your notice, is a stride through time into eternity and beyond all ugliness into beauty that will enchant you and will never cease to cause you wonderment at its perfection. Thank you, Lori. And Bram. Eight, this loveliness is not a fantasy. It is the real world, bright and clean and new with everything sparkling under the open sun. Nothing is hidden here, for everything has been forgiven, and there are no fantasies to hide the truth. The bridge between that world and this is so little and so easy to cross that you could not believe it is the meeting place of worlds so different. Yet this little bridge is the strongest thing that touches on this world at all. This little step, so small it has escaped your notice, is a stride through time into eternity and beyond all ugliness into beauty that will enchant you and will never cease to cause you wonderment at its perfection. 9. This step, the smallest ever taken by anything, is still the greatest accomplishment of all in God's plan of atonement. All else is learned, but this is given, complete and wholly perfect. No one but him who planned salvation could complete it thus. The real world, in its loveliness, you learn to reach. Fantasies are all undone, and no one and nothing remains still bound by them. And by your own forgiveness, you are free to see. Yet what you see is only what you have made, with the blessing of your forgiveness on it, and with this final blessing of God's Son upon himself, the real perception, born of the new perspective he has learned, has served its purpose. 
And thank you, Fran. And Karen. <clears throat> Nine. This step, the smallest ever taken by anything, is still the greatest accomplishment of all in God's plan of atonement. All else is learned, but this is given, complete and wholly perfect. No one but him who plans salvation could complete it thus. The real world in its loveliness you learn to reach. Fantasies are all undone, and no one and nothing remains still bound by them. And by your own forgiveness, you are free to see. Yet what you see is only what you have made with the blessing of your forgiveness on it. And with this final blessing of God's Son upon himself, the real perception, born of the new perspective he has learned, has served its purpose. 10. The stars will disappear in light, and the sun, which opened up the world to beauty, will vanish. Perception will be meaningless when it has been perfected, for everything that has been used for learning will have no function. Nothing will ever change, no shifts, nor shadings, no differences, no variations which made perception possible will occur. The perception of the real world will be so short that you will barely have time to thank God for it. For God will take the last step swiftly when you have reached the real world and have been made ready for him. Thank you, Karen and Donna. Ten. The stars will disappear in light, and the sun, which opened up the world to beauty, will vanish. Perception will be meaningless when it has been perfected. For everything that has been used for learning will have no function. Nothing will ever change. No shifts, no shadings, no differences, no variations, which made perception possible, will occur. The perception, the perception of the real world will be so short that you will barely have time to thank God for it, for God will take the last step swiftly. When you have reached the world, real world, and have been made ready for him. Eleven. The real world is attained simply by the complete forgiveness of the old. The world you see without forgiveness, the great transformation of perception will undertake with you the care careful searching of the mind that made this world and uncover to you the seeming reasons for your making it. In the light of the real reason which he brings as you follow him, he will show you that there is no reason here at all. Each spot his reason touches grows alive with beauty, 
And what seemed ugly in the darkness of your lack of reason is suddenly released to loveliness. Not even what the Son of God made in insanity could be without a hidden spark of beauty which gentleness could release. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Eleven. The real world is attained simply by the complete forgiveness of the old, the world you see without forgiveness. The great transformer of perception will undertake with you the careful searching of the mind that made this world and uncover to you the seeming reasons for your making it. In the light of the real reason which he brings as you follow him, he will show you that there is no reason here at all. Each spot his reason touches grows alive with beauty and what seemed ugly in the darkness of your lack of reason is suddenly released to loveliness. Not even what the Son of God made in insanity could be without a hidden spark of beauty which gentleness could release. Twelve. All this beauty will rise to bless your sight as you look upon the world with forgiving eyes. For forgiveness literally transforms vision and lets you see the real world reaching quietly and gently across chaos and removing all illusions which had twisted your perception and fixed it on the past. The smallest leaf becomes a thing of wonder and a blade of grass a sign of God's perfection. From the forgiven world, the Son of God is lifted easily into his home. And there he knows that he has always rested there in peace. Even salvation will become a dream and vanish from his mind. For salvation is the end of dreams, and with the closing of the dream will have no meaning. Who awake in heaven could dream that there could ever be need of salvation? Thank you, Jessica and Sandra. Well, all this beauty will rise to bless you, you, sorry, all this beauty will rise to bless your sight as you look upon the world with forgiving eyes. For forgiveness literally transforms vision and lets you see the real world reaching quietly and gently across chaos and removing all illusions which had twisted your perception and fixed it on the past. The smallest leaf becomes a thing of wonder, and a blade of grass a sign of God's perfection. From the forgiven world, the Son of God is lifted easily into his home, and there he knows that he has always rested there in peace. Even salvation will become a dream and vanish from his mind. For salvation is the end of dreams and with the closing of the dream 
will have no meaning. Who awake in heaven would dream that there could ever be need for salvation? 13. How much do you want salvation? It will give you the real world trembling with readiness to be given you. The eagerness of the Holy Spirit to give you this is so intense, he would not wait, although he waits in patience. Meet his patience with your impatience at delay in meeting him. Go out in gladness to meet with your Redeemer and walk with him in trust out of this world and into the real world of beauty and forgiveness. Amen. Amen. And is there a new reader who would like to conclude with 13? I'll read you. I'll read you. Thank you, Lana. (laughs) Okay, 13. How much do you want salvation? It will give you the real world, trembling with readiness to be given you. The eagerness of the Holy Spirit to give you this is so intense, he would not wait, although he waits in patience. Meet his patience with your impatience at delay in meeting him. Go out in gladness to meet with your Redeemer and walk with him in trust out of this world and into the real world of beauty and forgiveness. Amen. 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 And and thank you, Lana. Yeah. Yes, this is Donna. I I wonder if you would read 13 again. Thank you. Okay, I I will, unless there's another reader who would like to read 13, I will read it. I would like to Okay, I'll read it. Um, yeah, because this, this appears in the, to be a real question here, <laughs> an important one. How much do you want salvation? It will give you the real world trembling with readiness to be given you. The eagerness of the Holy Spirit to give you this is so intense he would not wait, although he waits in patience. Meet his patience with your impatience at delay in meeting him. Go out in gladness to meet with your Redeemer and walk with him in trust out of this world and into the real world of beauty and forgiveness.
Thank you very much. Amen. I just joined. Um, are we still reading the text, or are we in the discussion part? Well, we're real, real close <clears throat> to the top of the hour, Ida, and uh, I don't really have a, I don't have a prepared summary. I don't really have a good way to summarize this because I think it's. It is to bring us to this question, how much do you want salvation? But I did want to say that this step here, the smallest ever taken by anything, is still the greatest accomplishment of all in God's plan of atonement. Yes, it is. And that's the crucial question. How much do you want salvation? If you really don't want it, I don't think you're going to have it for a while. But if you really want it, then you'll do what it takes. Well, speaking to me is more than anyone else to uh, to have it. Salvation of Pam, Reverend Pam says salvation and forgiveness and atonement and uh, healing are all different words for the same thing. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Thank Ida. you, Ida. Thank you, Lamont, too. That's, yeah, that's actually a really good lead into the lesson. So, Bren, would you lead us through the lesson? Of sure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook. And the section we're on now is Lessons 181 to 200. And today we are on Lesson 187. I bless the world because I bless myself. So I shall read some from the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Okay. I bless the world because I bless myself. No one can give unless he has. In fact, giving is proof of having. We have made this point before. What seems to make it hard to credit is not this. No one can doubt that you must first possess what you would give. It is the second phase on which the world and true perception differ. Having had and given, then the world asserts that you have lost what you possessed. The truth maintains that giving will increase what you possess. How is this possible? For it is sure that if you give a finite thing away, your body size will not perceive it yours. Yet we have learned that things but represent the thoughts that make them. Ideas must first belong to you before you give them. If you are to save the world, you first accept salvation for yourself. Protect all things you value by the act of giving them away. Give gladly. You can only gain thereby. Who understands what giving means must laugh at the idea of sacrifice. He laughs as well at pain and loss, at sickness and at grief, at poverty, starvation and at death. 
He recognizes sacrifice means the one idea that stands behind them all, and in his gentle laughter are they healed. Illusions recognized must disappear. Accept not suffering, and you remove the thought of suffering. Never believe that you can sacrifice. There is no place for sacrifice in what has any value. Now are we one in thought, for fear has gone. And here, before the altar to one God, one Father, one Creator, and one thought, we stand together as one Son of God. The name of God is on our lips, and as we look within, we see the purity of heaven shine in our reflection of our Father's love. Now are we blessed and now we bless the world. And now we'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 187, I bless the world because I bless myself.
No one can give unless he has. In fact, giving is proof of having. Lesson 187, I bless the world because I bless myself. Amen. Amen. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much, Fran, for every day doing this. Such a gift you give us. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Fran. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, when I did this earlier, I was—I just remembered, you know, I remembered a time when I would go to a retreat and, you know, spend a few days in the high, high vibrations of being at a, a special program with a spiritual master. And it was like being filled up and blown up like a balloon with, with high vibrations and peace and holiness and light and love and then going out when I got home to the grocery store and in a second I would just, the person I would be checking out my groceries with would be filled with the light and the love and the bliss and you could see it just pass right through me into them and I'd, ha- I'd had a word with a stranger while I was loading my car or something, and that person would light up. And that was like a, one example of I blessed myself by going to this thing because I had the intention of being with the divine. I opened to be receptive, and I was blessed. But when I went back to the world afterwards, everywhere I went, it was like, you know, I hadn't, I didn't do anything. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just walking through the world and I could see the people light up with love. And um, then I felt in meditation today that that's really what this means. It means I bless myself. When I experience Holy Communion with the Divine on a daily basis, those intervals, that um, are mentioned when we go into these intervals with the divine, when we, when we fill up to become spiritually fit, when we fill up to be um, filled with the truth and the love and the light, it's not a thought. I mean, that's okay to have a thought. It's a good thing to have a thought. Oh, yes. Um, I'm blessed and I bless so-and-so. It, the thought is good. It's a good starting point. But the communion with the divine experientially through meditation or through the cultivation of really coming to the Lord, coming to the inner altar, feeling the peace, establishing oneself in that is really what this is about because that transcends our intentions and our thoughts When we walk back out into the world, our auras are filled with it. Everything has to be touched. It's just the way it works. Plus, by being receptive, by being receptive to the divine, we're opening. And when we open, we extend. That's the natural way the energy flows. 
you know, I accept and receive, and then I'm open, and then it flows out through me to everything else. So that's what this lesson meant to me. I bless the world because I bless myself. I'm complete. Oh, that was phenomenal, Karen. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Karen. That was so lovely. Thank you for sharing it. Good morning, this is Sandra. I bless the world because I bless myself. And in this upside-down world, (laughs) it's been uh, brought to me and programmed. I have been programmed to think that I bless the world because I sacrifice myself. That's the programming of this world. But it's not true. Because I bless the world because I bless myself. There's no sacrifice needed. And the way that I sacrifice myself is through taking how I feel personally (laughs) instead of just letting it just pass through. Because when things don't look the way I think they're supposed to look, um, I might feel disappointed, a sense of loss, a sense that I'm not worthy to have what I want. Those are all the feelings that I go through. And I just need to let them pass through because if I stay in that space, which is my small self. It's the ego that feels those feelings. And, and, and it, I need to feel those feelings because it's through my ability to feel those feelings that I can have compassion for others. But when I take those feelings personally and make them my identity, like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm, at a lo- I'm feeling lost and lonely. Those are making those feelings real and and then taking them on, identifying with them. And that becomes a sacrifice. But when things don't look the way I think they're supposed to look, and I go, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now you show me the way they're supposed to look because I know that the way you have in store for me is far better than anything I could have ever even thought of. So, when one door closes, thank you, Holy Spirit, 500 more open. I don't, I can feel that sense of loss for a moment, but then I can go into excitement at all the possibilities that Holy Spirit has in store for me if I'm just willing to let go. Let go, let go, let go of my past memories of, and let go of the way I think things are supposed to look, let go of my agenda and trust and rely on my Holy Spirit. I'm complete. Love that, Sandra. It's beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah.
Thank you so much. So helpful. This was to me today. Thank you. This is Ida. Hi. A real good lesson. I I think Karen sort of touched on this, but I feel like um, it was funny that it wasn't named. Instead of I bless the world because I bless myself, it's always talking about giving in in the text of the lesson. So I'm thinking it should have been called I bless myself because I bless the world because I'm giving first. But anyway, I'm not Jesus. (laughs) And Jesus knows better than I am how to write that book, and he did it. He created that being with uh, the help of Helen. So if anybody has any comments on that, I'd love to hear them. But, uh, you know, I I bless myself part seemed like it's kind of talking about self-love, which um, was just being talked about before me. Um, So um, instead of self-sacrifice, which, as was said, is the message of the world, and I, you know, this morning I had some tears in my eyes, and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me forgive those, including one particular person, but those people who for many, many years have tried to hurt all of us um, on the planet for their own personal gain uh, and not caring about the health or the health or the happiness or prosperity of the rest of us. And I, I turned it over to the Holy Spirit and I felt like I was able to forgive that person. But then, when it seemed like my next-door neighbor, who I've known for 12 years, after all I've done for him and all the kindness I've given him, was not being all that kind to me because he was too busy wanting to watch his morning TV shows, I had a hard time forgiving him. I still don't know if I've forgiven him or not, which probably means I haven't. But uh, it's pretty crazy the way... Forgiveness can work. The obvious thing that you think of in this world is that there's like there's an order of difficulty in forgiveness, and it seems like there is, but there really isn't. If we really want to forgive someone, anyone, or any being, or anything in the world at all, we can. If I didn't forgive my next-door neighbor, it's only because I wasn't ready to forgive, and the only reason I wasn't ready to forgive because I didn't want to forgive. <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking my finger at myself. <laughs> I don't need mom to do it. <laughs> she doesn't know this course. But anyway, um, bless her heart. Um, yeah, so I guess those are all my points. So thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Well, good morning. It's Mindy. Thank you, Ida. Um, forgiveness, they say, it isn't for the other person, it's for us. So when I'm giving to someone, I'm blessing myself because I'm forgiving. I'm giving them something that they, quote, unquote, don't deserve according to the ego's judgment. <laughs> I'm giving them love and blessing and respect and the accord of being um, a loving being before an action that takes place to 
oh, you know, they didn't make up for this one. <laughs> the, and, you know, the lesson again and the text, um, forgiveness is a way of giving and it's how I bless myself. And when I am blessing someone else and giving of love, of compassion, of peace, of the knowingness that they are one, they are a child of God, when I'm giving that awareness, it, 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 it seems so paradoxical that, you know, you have to have it to give it. And sometimes it seems like we just have to step out on faith and, like, fake it till we make it sort of thing sometimes and go out and do that thing. But I don't have the energy to do that. Uh, okay, I'm giving myself the opportunity to be in the real world and not buy into my illusions. And it's a paradox that to have more, give more, to have more. But in the real world, if I'm willing to be in it for just that moment, this world of illusion opens up from a dream of limitation and competition and suffering to all is well. And that blesses me when I open to the real world. So I think the biggest gift I can give myself is a willingness to, you know, to not know, a willingness to be in the real world just to have that glimpse. Because if it's there when I want it, then the gift I can give myself is simply the willingness to see it for what it really is. And when I do, I will be there. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. I'm having a hard time focusing. Um, let me see if I can just sum it up. I bless the world because I bless myself. Well, I will just say this, too. In a very practical way, um, I realize that I would like a blessing. Give me your blessing, holy child of God that I may know who I am. And I, my thought was, oh, I can't ask them to, to do a, a meditation, a healing on me. That was my ego, you know, separate, illusory bodies. And I thought, oh, wow, by asking for this beautiful healing meditation that he gave on a tape and I can't get a hold of, by asking for this from this person, I'm giving them an opportunity to give. And as they give, what they give expands. What they give returns to them. It is such a, a paradox to the ego that if I give something away, I have more of it. But in the real world, wow, I am enough and there is enough for everyone. And in the real world, there's only the expression of love, a call for love, a give for love, and love is always present. So am I willing to give myself the gift? Am I willing to bless myself with the willingness to see the real world because it will be presented? And when I am in that moment, as Karen said, of love, when I'm in the dream, but really in the world, but not of it, I bless myself and I bless the world, and it's an endless cycle of giving and receiving. And boy, I'll tell you, that makes life worth getting up for every day. So here's the letting go of my ideas of what will make me happy and bless me, and truly opening up to how I am blessed, and allowing that to be a cycle of giving and receiving that touches everyone and just brings some light and love to this world 
and happiness and peace and joy so we can see where we're really headed and where we actually already are. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, Glinda said to Dorothy, you've always had the power to go home. You just didn't know it. <laughs> we have that power too by saying, I don't know, show me. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just I'm complete. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. You did a great impression of the Good Week Glenda, too. <laughs> I love it. Yes, thank you for that one. <laughs> we all embody the Christ, and she was a part of it, too. She's a very feminine, loving, gentle portion of the Christ self that presented herself to Dorothy. And we all know that that was a dream, but it was a happy dream, and it brought her home. Well, here's the happy dreams. I'm complete. Since I live in the West, I'm saying too bad they had to call the Wicked Witch the Wicked Witch of the West. I don't think we're all that wicked out here. Not any more than anybody else. Thank you. <laughs> I'm complete. Mm. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, everybody, for your share. Thank you for, for doing the lesson. I enjoyed doing it again and, well, again and again and again today. Um, good morning, it's Jude. I have um, a couple of things I'd like to say out loud because I think sharing the truth is why we come together here to strengthen the one thought the one pure perception of the truth, a completely forgiven world, to recognize myself, capital self, as the world. So perception completely is undone, and learning is over. And learning, as the Course teaches me, is unlearning everything the world has taught me, that I am not a body, that there are not numbers of different minds and bodies that are separate, that we are one mind and one spirit, one experience, the totality of the reality of God is God experiencing God, and there is not two, there is no other than God, that I am a a part of God himself, an extension of God himself, in accord and in harmony with all that he is everywhere in everything, as everything. So the perception of the world to the separate eyes of the body disappears, dissolves, is gone. There is no perceiver and no objects outside of her to be perceived. This is perception undone. No perceiver, no objects outside to be perceived. The eyes that look through Blessing our eyes that see through the eyes of Christ. The Christ consciousness, the transcendental consciousness, the transcendental awareness that everything is my capital self. And there, was, there would be nothing that I would hold against you 
or judge or blame you for or say it's different or distinct because I no longer see differences nor distinctions or differences. What is one is the same and perception is undone. I see only spirit. I see only spirit. I no longer see differences and distinctions. I don't hold them or evaluate them or think them real. I don't believe them. I don't judge them because I recognize them as merely being manifestations of the one total reality of God in its wholeness and its completion. I know it. I can only know it that way. I can only be one with it that way. If I slice and dice any part of it, I've lost my awareness of the wholeness and completion of it. My sense of it. My being one with it. Fantasy and distorted perception. You know, this, this miracles, what are miracles? Miracles and forgiveness and salvation. I bless the world with those things, knowingly aware that no matter what I see, people saying, doing, or even, well, of course, if they're saying it, they're thinking it. But sometimes we think we know what people are thinking, don't we? (laughs) I know what they're thinking. (laughs) But when my mind holds only the thoughts I hold with God, I don't think like that. I simply don't think like that. That's egoic, in and of the egoic thought system, a separate mind looking on other people as other than themselves. There is no other than me, capital me. There is no difference or no distinction. Everybody's a perfect expression in and of themselves. To respect and appreciate that. I was thinking that what it, what what is this you know complete the complete forgiveness to forgive Christ to forgive God is to completely forgive the world. I don't have to forgive it every minute of every day when I'm making all these judgments on it. I completely let judging of the dream of the perceptions of it go. Just completely, totally, once and for all. And then I don't have to think about it anymore. Thinking about it, it is judging it, evaluating it according to my past experience. But I love this line, what I see is only what I have made. That's what perception is. It's a wish that we be bodies and have a separate reality that I I define name and order my thoughts and evaluate into a hierarchy of values and meaning and purpose given solely by individuals, personalities. And there's wonder, no wonder there's war in the world. And all, yet what I see is only what I have made with the blessing of my forgiveness on it. So I, all I got to do is just recognize that I am responsible for it, that I played my part in making it, and that's all I got to do is know for certain that if I'm judging it, I'm continuing to make it. 
I'm continuing to be a part of the dream and not waking up from it. So I have this, you know, this thing about totally eliminating perception when perception will be meaningless when it has been perfected. So what, when is it perfected in Jude? When I see everything as perfect. <laughs> it's that simple. I don't judge anything. Everything is perfect just the way it is. That's all I got. And acceptance in order to receive the totality of reality, which is everything in the universe that's happening, everything I see, everything I perceive is perfect because it is God's reality. I don't judge any of it. I don't slice and dice it. And then nothing changes because and nothing shifts and there's no shades to it. It becomes one in its totality to me. And it does look all the same because it's shining with the light that I'm projecting through God's eyes upon it. And it understands what's understandable in it that totally just just says, you know, this isn't true. And it laughs and it says, you need not worry or be afraid. Trust, because this simply is not true. The truth reveals what's false when all I want is the truth. And it restores, it just restores my reason and my sanity and my quietness and my stillness. I'm not at war with reality anymore because I'm not judging it. I'm not simply not judging it anymore. In trust out of this world, oh, meet his patience with my impatience at delay in meeting him. I don't have to go anywhere or, or um, you know, to meet my maker. My maker is within me, my redeemer, my savior. I bless myself. And I bless the world because I bless myself. And I always ask myself, whenever I do these lessons, with the beginner's mind, who is the eye that blesses and who is the eye that is blessed? Because there's a huge difference in who I think I am and who I am in truth. And I can't help anybody else with that. Everybody is their own savior, their own blesser and their own redeemer. Ergo, there I go again. And I feel strong and steadfast in peace and love and joy today. And I, w- I will you all the same. <laughs> I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Jude. Thanks, Judy. Your share, Jude, sparked so much in me. So many things. Um, you have a way of doing that. <laughs> and so I think of the word individual. What it means is that, or what it seems to mean is that um, each of us one by one, an individual person. But if you look at the word in, like, indivisible, it means not. Divid means divided. So it does seem to be it seems to be one thing, the meaning of the word, and it seemingly, if you look at the, the interior of the word, it seems to be just the opposite, which I think is very interesting according to the duality <laughs> of the world 
as it appears to our perception, our unawakened perception. But also the thing about God being all there is. Yeah, the husband of my first spiritual teacher, Walter Russell, in his great book, The Universal One, which was published a very long time ago, um, said, God is all there is. Superior to God, there is nothing. Inferior to God, there is nothing. And if you think of love, God is love, you can say love is all there is. I think that is the deepest reality that I can possibly uh, get to or imagine is is seeing everybody as God, seeing everybody as the Christ. That is the real world. That is heaven. Seeing everybody as an angel or an archangel. Um, I'm very inspired by that idea right now, although it may be far away for me in time to perceive that way. Uh, when I perceive that way, time will mean nothing to me, like the nothing that it really is, right? The illusion that we made up for our ego to have the time to get it. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. I'm glad that Bertrand Russell was a real life. And I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. Probably more this year than any prior year, I'm realizing these first three sections are pointing out to me that as my mind is healed, so is the world. And what's possible um, with Christ's vision is to see the world as I see my own mind. In other words, the world and my mind are healed at the same time. The world being a reflection of the healed mind. And so the question he answers is, how do you get from there to here? How do I get from there to here? And the answer, of course, is forgiveness. I remember um, when I first joined this group, um, I had a very distorted um, perception of what the word forgiveness means. But through the daily practice, and that's why this group works, um, because while we share and talk about these words, um, what really what we're really doing is manifesting uh, or making real the true meaning of forgiveness. We thank each other. Wherever you are on your journey is perfect. And I'm glad and grateful it is so. Forgiveness is embedded in the process of this group. And that's, that's why... Um, that's why it's associated with so many miracles. When I first came here, I, I thought, man, these guys use the word forgiveness in ways I didn't even ever understand. 
in uh, in 2018, I was I was reading the Course of Miracles at the same time as I was reading Course of Love, and I thought, you know, what I need to do is I need to um, make a collection. I need to start a list, start a list of all the things that forgiveness means. Show me all the definitions. And what a <laughs> what an impossible undertaking it turned out to be. Um, because forgiveness is the thing it needs to be in any situation where I see anything less than complete perfection. That's all. In other words, it's the lifting of the veil. It's the withdrawal of my misperception. Oh, I take it back. We used to say that all the time as kids. Take it back. You take that back, we'd say. I can and will to take back my misperceptions. I'm glad maybe you said I don't know because um, it turns out it's just like he says in chapter 4, the ego cannot survive without judgment. And forgiveness is nothing more than the withdrawal of the judgment that my mind wanted to spring to. And the more often I practice it, the more often I get glimpses of the true holiness that envelops everything I see. All those first 29 lessons are about forgiveness. I've given everything I see all the meaning that it has for me. Uh, etc., etc., culminating in what I see as a form of vengeance above all else I want to see. I want to see. And in order to see, I, 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 must, I must avail my mind of truth. And to me, um, that's what these paragraphs are talking about. It says the Holy Spirit gives. Holy Spirit sees for you. Holy Spirit uh, gives you this. And um, what is Holy Spirit? But all my all my knowledge saved for me, that I might do my will. You know, it's it's like, and I've said this many times before. It's like my mailbox for my soul. When I feel lost, alone, deprived, and lacking. All I have to do is go to that mailbox, turn turn my mind to truth. The slightest willingness um, will open that mailbox full of love letters for me. And um, and and it turns out it's turning out. I will say because I don't know the limit. <laughs> I don't think there is one. It's turning out that the more often I do this, the more often here's this world trembling, waiting to be seen, waiting to bless me, waiting to heap its gratitude on me. I don't know why. It's not up to me to know why. I just know it works. When I, when I withdraw my illusions, which is to forgive, I experience the healing of my mind. 
And as my mind is healed, the world is healed. Because why? Because everything I see is a reflection of the content of my mind. That's all. And Karen, it's just like you. It's just like you described. You, you described it so perfectly. And 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 I thought of this. I'll tell you. And I'll end my share with with this. When Jesus was at the well, he met a woman who belonged to another class and culture from him. And he asked her for a drink, and she said, I can't give you a drink. And he said, if you knew the miracle who stood before you now, you would ask for living water. And this same living water is everything. That's what the healing of my mind is like. That's what accepting the atonement is. This healing water, this abundant reserve of holiness that Christ's mind is willing and so desirous that I share with him. He calls it the atonement. He says, as, as you share my unwillingness to tolerate a lack of love, that's forgiveness too. I'm not willing to tolerate a lack of love. If it's a lack of love, I want to give it there. All of, all of that becomes a reflection of the living water accepting atonement for myself. And when my mind is healed, so is the world. Just like in this lesson, just like in this lesson, I bless the world because I bless myself. I'm able to accept and receive what God has given. And what God gives is just himself. And I learn to see holiness everywhere because that's the truth. And it's restored to me every time I give up my mistaken perception. He says, perception, if you perceive, to perceive, to perceive is to experience lack. And so when I meditated today, uh, the word for the day was abundance. The word from my word for today is abundance. And that's the beauty of blessing. Oh my God, that's the gorgeousness of blessing. The opposite of blessing is sacrifice. And when I'm in a state of lack, I've sacrificed my oneness with truth. That's what happened. I let my mind slip away. I sacrificed my oneness with the truth. And then I experience lack, and the consequence of lack is judgment and perception. I'm experiencing lack. I see lack. When I experience the abundance of Christ, I can only bless. The abundance of Christ is what happens when I give my mind to truth. It's trembling, trembling with desire given to me. How much do I want salvation? Quite a bit. <laughs> uh, I don't like the world I made. And the healing of my mind is all that's needed that truth be restored to me and to the world because the world is a reflection of my mind. I'm complete. Hooray. That was excellent. Thank you, Lori. <laughs>
Wonderful, Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. I went to higher ground. Thank you, Lori. Thank, Thank you, you, Lori. Uh, this is... Hi, this is Karen again. I just want to say that, you know, coming to this call is like accepting the blessings. I mean, we're our willingness, our intent, our intent to uh, study the course together, to share the course, to share the understanding and the change, the shift in perception, the healing, the miracles, all of that is accepting the blessing. And then we go out in the world and to various extents it, it blesses the world. So thank you, Lori and Lemoyne, for holding this space for this blessing, this specific blessing of undoing the distorted mind and sending out light to the world. Thank you. I'm so pleased. Oh, every voice makes it what it is. Thank you, Karen. This is Donna, and Lori, the idea of living water, my God, how real that became. And it fit with what I've gotten from the lesson and the reading today. So interesting. When I look at these lessons, I don't see anything there. It's so extraordinary. And what came to me was a song. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover after I listened to Fran reading, after I thought, gee, maybe I should read this too, and I read it. Then that's the song that came to me, and I thought, my God, here you go. You know, it's here, and we don't see it. And from that, what from that, from that I got um, the gift. We're, we're talking about gift today, the gift of giving and the gift of getting or receiving. <clears throat> and I reflected on that and gift. Everything, it came to me, everything is a gift. Everything is a gift. Everything seen or unseen. Everything that's a thing or not a thing. Everything is a gift. And then it came, yes. And to whom do we give the gift? To God or to mammon? And I thought, that's it. It's how we receive the gift. If we, if we, if we, if we, if we give something. I had a, have a testimony this morning, which has just come to me, so I'm supposed to give it. I, I was going to skip it. But when I got born again in a, con, in a, in a non, a non-denominational evangelistic church of black people, African Americans, uh, uh, a slave heritage. So these people are so filled with spirit. So they asked for t- tithing and donation, and and uh, I live on transferring balances with credit cards. So, but I was I'm going to give. 
So I think I probably wrote a check for maybe $200 and planted because he said, as you give, it'll come back to you a hundredfold. And I thought, you know, I can use that money. And so I gave it. And a little time passed, but not a lot. And all of a sudden, I'm imbued with this spiritual growth that went by leaps and bounds. I'm seeing an antelope jumping over the field. That's how I grew. And I said, oh, I asked for money, and God gave me this spiritual growth. And I thought, you know, I received it, was so grateful for that. And and then from that, I study a lot of things, Course in Miracles, Metapsychiatry, and also Christian Science has been in my entire life. But what one thing that Jesus teaches is you plant a seed. You plant a seed. You water it, the living water. You water it. And you plant a seed and you water it and you kind of forget that that was a seed that you planted. And I have the example here of this morning I took my recycle out. I mean, how perfect is that? This is a little testimony that I have. I took my recycle out this morning, and I got a name for what I'm saying now, recycle and lilies. And when we ended this, this, this lesson this morning, with this word lilies, I thought, from garbage to lilies. And so then I remembered that God brought me to this heaven I thought was heaven. It's actually called H-A-V-E-N, and I considered it hell for a while. Well, see, what God was I worshiping? I went through a cycle of serving mammon with my lousy thinking, and then I began to say, yeah, but why did God sit? Well, the Holy Spirit said to me, why, why have I brought you here? And he brought me here so I could look out and see. Yes, first I saw with the eyes of mammon. But then I gave up judgment and, and went on to knowing what I'm looking at and seen as monsters and ugly and, and, and problems for me are sons of God. And I began to just confess that about myself and them. And that's when I realized, and, and this kind of came to me, it's a, when we plant the seed of sonship, it too takes a while to take root. You know, first I thought, yeah, root and the people out there. No, first it has to take root. And we who are the farmer who planted it, we're the dirt. And so, but it does take root. And then one day by surprise, all at once, you look upon as I came back from my recycle, I looked upon a brother. I looked upon a brother that I used to see as ugly and, and awful and a, and a thorn in my side. And when I looked at this brother, still on his porch and still smoking a cigarette, 
I said, who is that? I saw the face on this man. And it was beautiful. And the sun was shining on his face. And I said, how beautiful, how handsome this guy is. And I'm actually saying this, this guy, like, I don't know this man. So now what I see is that I've been given the gift from, by giving it to the right God. He has given me the gift that's been waiting for me to see. And I had that experience just before coming to this reading this morning. And when I saw this, the beauty of this lesson, thank God I don't judge myself anymore. I just take it and run with it. But here, here is we ask God for stuff. And, we, and, and God meets every human need, which happens to be a, kind of a takeoff from um, Mary Baker Eddy's writing. And I thought, you know what? God does meet every human need. But in the way and the language that will lift us higher and closer to him. And then, Lori, we are of one mind. You used the word abundance. And I actually wrote, uh, I guess you could call it a poem. But the the first couple of lines of it go like this. I am abundant life. Whatever I need comes to me. This is the natural state of being. This is truth. And I wrote that probably about, God, 2008 or something and didn't have the understanding. Abundant life, living water. Jesus Christ, hallelujah, and thank God the Holy Spirit's right with us. I am complete. Everything everyone said today has fed me, and I am grateful for the bread of life. Amen and amen. Thank you, Thomas. Holy, you're on fire. Thank you, Donna. (laughs) You are such a blessing, Donna. Thank you so much. Thank you, Donna. I will say you are welcome because it's the Holy Spirit's doing, and he does need a little credit once in a while, (laughs) even as he heals me. Amen. It's 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 so wonderful the the simplest thing to look upon someone's face and to feel that joy. It's 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 just wonderful. Thank you so much. We are sent to speak truth to power that has no real power. That just came to me. God is so good. Yes, God is good. The power 
that has no real power? Is that what you said? I'm, I'm sorry, I was coughing. I couldn't hear you. Did you, did you say that... Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Ida. I was just going to... I think you're right. Go ahead, Ida. Repeat it. Did you say that to speak through the power that has no real power? I think what I said was I, uh, that we speak to the power that has no real power, intimating that we have that, that real power behind us. When we speak yes, we truth to our dream, the dream begins to vanish. Wow. I have to meditate on that one. It's crazy, crazy good. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to say one more thing. I couldn't understand until today why Jesus sent me back to the Course in Miracles after carrying me away from it in 1985. And it was necessary. High and complete. Yeah. Oh, that's great, Donna. It's all part and parcel, isn't it? Thank you very much. Thank you, Donna. You're ready for him. That line in the text, you'll be ready for him. Awaken to the readiness of being a host to God. I love that line. I love that. Thank you. We're not hostage to the ego around here, that's for sure. And we are becoming hosts to God. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, right. That question, are you hosts to God or hostage to the ego? That's great. That's right. I love it. You know, the word uh, not, has not around here. In it. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm complete. It's my opinion that we are living in the book of Revelations and that we will be standing here and awake because there'll be nothing there now but the bridge and that one step and we'll be there. I sincerely believe this is that generation. I am complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to believe that too. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. I certainly feel like I'm in the right neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) This call is such a joy to me. It really is. Thank you all so much. Are are we ready for salvation? Are we ready to let go of everything in this world that we can't believe because it's so insane? I'm ready to let it go. I'm ready for it to be redeemed and saved and to see it through the eyes of Christ. I am so ready. I am ready and willing, able, able, and what is merely a potential in me, he will see me through. He will make perfect to me what is perfect in me. In this I trust. Amen. I'm complete. You are complete, my dear. Thanks, Judy.
the spirit is moving through us here and now. singing a song my friend Adonora sings. Let yourself go, let yourself go, let God be God in you. Let yourself go, let God be God in you. <laughs> she, she, she took, she made it into a song for us from a quote from Master Eckhart. And um, it's just so simple and beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, I love it too. I've heard her Thank singing that. That's great, Judy. Then the word go is in the word God too. God is the ultimate go. The ultimate going to the ultimate place, the ultimate time, which is always here and now. But we are literally nowhere. But we are... We are all. God is all there is. I'm going to say that again. You know, we don't have to worry about dying. We don't have to worry about disappearing somehow off the face of reality because we will never disappear. (laughs) We may transform. We may change. We may one day be like stars in the heavens, literal stars in the heavens. But we will not disappear. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Like, thank you, Ida. I like that. Um, I am nowhere. Um, that I am not local. I am transcendental awareness, consciousness, the mind of God Himself. I, I am that mind that has the potential to, to see and to feel and to touch and to taste and experience all of God's creation in my own personal experience of God, and and you know that. That um, opening my mind to the awareness of it helps me to honor and appreciate all of it. That um, no experience is an experience of of me and other than. Everything is an intimate experience of oneness. Whatever I touch becomes one with me. Whatever I taste becomes one with me. Whatever I see becomes one with me. And it's it's in that beholding and becoming one with everything, that I experience it that way, and um, that I would not hold anything myself, I would not hold myself apart from or other than uh, than something outside of me. And I, I know that's my responsibility, how I see things and how I feel things and, I, and how I let things touch me, that I'm opening I'm an open, a welcoming to it. Love, loved your 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 conversation, your dialogue about openness and welcoming yesterday, Lori. That um, that welcoming is who and what I am. It allows everything and welcomes everything, and loves everything, um, and sees it as love, loving, or a call to love, if necessary, still in this world. Um, the um, need for healing, the, the separation, the feeling of being other than or separate from, 
needs to be healed because nothing is separate from anything else. In anything's experience, anything, the trees, the birds, the bees, the wind, the air, the sun, the light, everything is experiencing itself in its wholeness and its complete experience of itself. And I think that's what really gets me rocking and rolling. When I really open my mind and my heart wholeheartedly, that's what um, The Course in Miracles calls wholeheartedness, that my mind and my heart are no longer separate. I don't separate by thought things into being something other than. All right, enough out of Jude. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jude. You know, um, Gerald Jampolsky, the doctor who wrote many books uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, based on A Course in Miracles, who was, I read one of his books, and that was how I first found out about the course. But uh, not that one, but another book that he wrote is called To Love is to Be Happy With. And that, what you just shared, Jude, made me think of the title of that book. Because when we are one with everything and we don't judge anything, then we can love everything because we can be happy or at least uh, uh, equanimous with everything. Like it said in our lesson today, in our, in our reading today, that uh, Jesus could look at, the Christ could look at sickness, suffering, and death and laugh. Because he knows it's not who we really are. We're not really beings that are separate, are sick, are suffering, or that die. And he knows us so strongly. He's not laughing at us. He's laughing with our souls. In time, maybe we're not laughing now, but we will be in the future. And you know what I say, I always say about time, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So anyway, to love is to be happy with and I'm complete. Well, thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. It's it's fine. Sometime, some point, which I can press this little blue button. But, uh, um, yeah, before I do, uh, just one thing I want to share. Um at least in the abstract and you know and definitely in practice I think you know what is this thing that can be given and uh, and actually in giving it we actually get more of it and uh, um, I use it slightly different word than the usual forgiveness it is I, I see it as release you know in releasing the uh, wh- whatever it is we've done to create the separation to create conflict you know which uh, I think uh, here's a here's a statement from Course of Love which uh, 
explains it, I think. Without judgment, there would be no separation, for you'd see no differences between yourself and anyone else. Your judgment began with your own self, and from that was all conflict born. In order to judge ourselves, we have to be split. And, you know, without the judgment, there's no, you know, the, the, the inherent natural wholeness would be invisible, but the judgment makes different. It looks past what is the same and sees it not and sees instead what it's looking for. And so, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> there's, it's almost, uh, I know there's, I want to say it's like a negative distance, right? <laughs> Shortest of all distances to stop that and take a step back and and to give release or forgiveness or to go to something instead of judgment that is a thought of healing or release, a thought of love or happiness is is the gift that is, uh, you know, given back as it is given. <clears throat> and in this way, you know, um, the giving expands the idea, which it expands naturally and easily because it's actually true. So that's what <laughs> that's how this this it just seems snap into focus for me this morning. That's how this is true and how it works and how it can always work and will eventually win out, even if it's just some kind of proof by exhaustion where there's just no more there's no more willingness to judge because we've tried them all and they've all just <laughs> required more of the same. And instead of this thing of releasing and stepping into what's real and whole, then the more is provided and there's no more requirement for a lot of a lot more release once it's released it's uh yeah like Ida said no longer a hostage to the ego uh can become host to god so um that's just a but that I thought I should share and uh, tie it to the tie it to the reading read a couple sentences each spot his reason the Holy Spirit's reason touches grows alive with beauty and what seemed ugly in the darkness of your lack of reason is suddenly released to loveliness Not even what the Son of God made in insanity could be without a hidden spark of beauty which gentleness could release. So, there are many tools to... I don't want to even use the word tools. It's just natural natural gentleness can allow this release and the release can be shared and strengthened. And that's what I want to say there. 
And let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic close for this call? I don't have a poem, no. Okay. No. All right. Well, one thing, and that is uh, these three sections. If you wanted to find a place where uh, in practice they're really clarified, it would be in chapter 27, section 6, which is the healing example. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Could you repeat what you just said? I couldn't hear you, please. Well, I have to ask, was that you, Lori? Uh, someone said something, and I simultaneously accidentally uh, disconnected my Bluetooth, so I didn't catch it. Okay, that's very interesting. It didn't. It didn't really appear on the board. Okay, um, it sounded maybe like you had your bar up. <clears throat> oh, that no. no well, I did. I did catch the reference to chapter twenty-seven, but uh, um, that's just to go ahead. At chapter twenty-seven, sixty-six where he says, thus is your healing, everything the world requires that it may be healed. Um, the why, the why that my mind and the world are healed at the same time is explaining that really well. I'm complete. Hmm. Okay, well. Lemoyne, yes, Lemoyne, this is Donna. Would you ha- would you have um, one minute that I could read my abundance poem? Yes, yes, because I think thank, that's thank abundance you. is what we're released onto. <laughs> it's short and sweet, but it fits it fits what Laurie said. I am abundant life. Whatever I need comes to me. It is the natural state of being. This is truth. Let me contemplate the good of God as being what it is, ever present. I need only to be aware that when I need anything, I need only remind myself it is already supplied. I need only to know that with assurance to have it manifest. I am complete. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Perfect. Yep, that's lovely, Donna. And thank you. Thank you all over here listening, sharing this morning or listening in the future. We'll end the recording, but we'll be here at least another half hour.